the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to The Advocate with your host, Nick Phillips. And now, here's your host, Nick Phillips. Good evening, Cleveland. Nick Phillips with you with another edition of The Advocate. Thank you, as always, for joining us on a Sunday evening just after some rain showers here in Cleveland. Uh, In the second half of our show tonight, we're going to be talking to Dr. Lynn Lipskis concerning sleeping disorders. So you're going to want to listen about whether or not you even have a sleeping disorder, and if you do, what to do about it. But first, we're going to talk to uh, State Representative Dave Greenspan, uh, updating us on what's going on in the Ohio legislature. Dave, thank you for joining us. Oh, great, Nick. Thank you for having me on, as always. As always, these months roll by when we do this once a month, but it's been last month since we talked to you last. Uh, yeah. what, what's all happening in Columbus? What's up? Well, we've had, we've had a, lot, a lot go on in the last month. Uh, since we talked, obviously, we passed the transportation budget, which we, we talked about last month. And uh, since then, we've passed the um, operating budget over to the Senate. And uh, right now, they have begun deliberations on the bill. And uh, we hope to, you know, to, to we, we know how this process works, is they're going to make amendments to the bill. And then we'll go into conference committee um, and hammer out the differences between the House version and the Senate version. Um, I don't know what the Senate amendments are going to be. Um, but I know that they're working on it, and we're fortunate up here in Northeast Ohio that Senator Matt Dolan, uh, who represents the three um, three of the districts up here, my district, Representative Patton's district, and Representative uh, Phil Robinson's district, is chair of the Senate Finance Committee. So all those hearings will go through his committee. I know that, that uh, one main concern that I had that was removed from the budget that, that I know Senator Dolan and, and actually Senator Scheer um, had worked on uh, last General Assembly was this uh, film tax credit, which um, the House removed that that provision. And uh, since then, uh, Senator Scheer has has proposed the bill. It has cleared the Senate. It's on its way to the House to restore it. Uh, it's my hope that we'll be able to get it restored in the uh, in the Senate version, and then we'll go to conference committee. Uh, to kind of to reinstate the the program, but uh, so so just stay tuned on on the budget. Uh, it's it's in flux. It's 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 kind of how the process works, right? The governor presents the budget to the house. The house makes its amendments, sends it to the senate. The senate amends the version that the house sent over, which is a combination of the governor's and the house version. And then uh, we typically will will not accept the senate version. Go to conference committee and negotiate out the. Uh, the differences between the two, just as we do with mm-hmm. major, with major, major budgets. Well, so that's, um, that's, that's what's that's happening. One. Oh, a question yeah. going back to uh, the film credit, uh, you know, as yeah. over the years that we've had it, it's been a net gain for uh, people in, in Ohio where you give a credit of, let's say uh, for every dollar you spend, you get back like a dollar 75 or something. There was some ratio like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't seem yeah. like it'd be wise to cut that out. And uh, even I heard it was proposed at one time to increase the film credit. Are we talking about yeah. replacing it or increasing it or, or what? Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was a supporter of, of increasing it from 40 to 100 million a year. Um, the governor's budget put it in at 40 and somewhere in the House version of the bill. And I wasn't involved in those negotiations. Uh, the, the film tax credit was removed altogether to zero. Um, Senator Scheer has has a uh, bill that passed which puts it at 20 million a year, but I'm hoping that we'll be able to increase it um, in the uh, in the Senate version of the of the budget bill when it comes back. You know, we we just it's it's an interesting situation here. Um, you know, that bill had the House version uh, when the governor sent the bill over. We had 2,000 amendments submitted from the House. And there are some amendments, obviously, that that a lot of us are supportive of, and there are a few that get it in get in that that we're not supportive of. So when you make your vote, you've got to weigh your decision on the overall you know complexity of the bill, and you know is are the items that 
that you're you're not happy with that got in or in this case got out, you know, are those enough for you to to vote no on the entire budget? I can say from my perspective, no, that these amendments that were made, although I might not be completely happy with them, weren't enough for me to vote no on the entire budget, knowing that we've got an opportunity in the Senate and knowing on this particular issue that we have a bill that's making its way and now coming over to the House. Um, you know, a few years ago in the operating in the um, I'm sorry, in the capital budget, uh, the state provided funding for Cleveland State in particular to start a film school, which they've done. And they had over 200 students enrolled in its first year this 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 past academic year. And without this film tax credit, we're effectively assuring that all of those students are going to find jobs outside of the state of Ohio. So to me, it's an important issue on economic develop, current economic development. It's also an important issue on future economic development. And I've talked to Ivan Schwartz over at the Film Commission and other folks heavily involved in this. And and I'm, uh, although not happy that, that this component was not included in the budget, it was not so significant for me to vote against it, but I am going to work hard to do what I can to uh, either ensure that the Senate and work with them to get it put back in, or as this House uh, Senate Bill 37 comes over to the House to further support and see what I can do to encourage its passage. Oh, we, we hope it comes back in because it just, uh, unless there is some concrete rationale as to why that's not working, if it's working as promised, it's yeah. just a net gain. Why why turn that away and, and give up uh, I, that gain? As I said, I was not involved in that decision-making sure. process, so, well, but I, I agree with you. Well, let's hope it comes back. Another thing I, I saw in the news that may have been in one of the amendments about the front license plate uh, that yeah. would save the state money and uh, that was proposed and withdrawn, I think. What's the status of that? Yeah, that was in the transportation budget. So in the transportation budget in Ohio beginning July of 2020, so so um, uh, next July, uh, there will no longer be a requirement to have a front license plate on your vehicle in Ohio. But interestingly, you know, and I, and I say this because I know law enforcement had some significant concerns with it with its removal. From their perspective, there there is a, a joint legislative committee um, that is to be formed, and one of its statutory tasks is to work with law enforcement to come up with a front vehicle identification system that they'll be able to use to uh, for law enforcement purposes. So. Good news for those folks who who have vehicles and don't want the front license plate, and and you know I think even better news for law enforcement at the end of the day when we come up with a plan to provide them with what they need to protect our streets and our communities, and at the same time um, take a look at how we can can you know a bumper today is not a bumper that it was 20 years ago. You know, a bumper is no longer just a piece of steel. You know, it has a number of sensors and and various safety components in it which help us, uh, you know, drive safer on the roads. So it's finding a balance between the new technology of what bumpers are today and and, so, and, and whether it's front-end collisions or the whole host of other technologies that are in the front bumpers and being understanding of law enforcement to, um, to be able to, you know, protect us. So we're going to work hard in this joint legislative committee to come up with, with, uh, with law enforcement to come up with a protocol that they're happy with and that um, – will also satisfy those, you know, as we buy new vehicles. Well, is there any idea or any uh, preview of what the technology looks like for front-end identification that's not a license plate, like a bar- well, barcode or something or a chip or something? There, there are a whole host of, of, of in-vehicle devices that are, are the technology is being tested throughout the various universities and, and, and technology labs throughout the country. But, but, more, more simply put, it could just be a, a sticker that sits and Senator, well, now Secretary of State LaRose, former Senator LaRose floated this concept, and I, I talked about it last General Assembly. And this General Assembly is some, some form of front um, license plate number sticker that would reside on your, say, the upper, the passenger side uh, windshield that would be able to be read by, by card readers and visible to law enforcement, but that would not be obtrusive. Um, to drivers, so that's my thought only. Uh, I can't, I can't say that it's got support of any anyone mm-hmm. else at this point because we haven't studied it. But you're asking just generically, what are some of the options? That very well could be one of the right. Options. Yeah, I, I, hard to imagine uh, what would replace a license plate and still be visible to law enforcement. 
Uh, what right. else? What else is going on? Uh, I have a couple of minutes well, in the segment. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, we've, you know, uh, well, a while ago since we brought up license plates, you know, we we passed last general assembly the stop bullying license plate program, um, where proceeds would go towards uh, anti-bullying activities. What I can tell you is the attorney general has now started a statewide uh, contest for students throughout the state of Ohio to draw um, their idea of what that license plate should look like. And we're hoping here by mid-June to roll out that license plate. The competition will end soon. There's a selection process, and, and uh, mid-June we'll be able to roll that out. Alexa, we'll be looking for that. Uh, I, again, bullying is a big deal. We hear about yeah. the results of that every day in, uh, in, in government and in the cities around the country. We're going to take a short break. We're talking to State Representative Dave Greenspan, who joins us monthly to tell us what's going on in Columbus. We're going to take a short break. We'll be back with Representative Dave Greenspan in a few moments. So don't go away. You're listening to Nick Phillips here on WHK, The Advocate. Children, the product of a married couple who were once in love. Unfortunately, sometimes the marriage does not work and parents must get divorced. This is traumatic for the children as well as for the adults. The law firm of Phillips & Millie offers advice and representation in family law matters. Remember, your children are entitled to the utmost consideration when mom and dad have to part. Phillips & Millie, your local law firm on the west side of Middleburg Heights. Telephone 440-243-2800. Hi, I'm Pat Lamb. Select Insurance Services is a family-run business and your personal shopper for auto, home, and business insurance. Plus, I'm Dave Ramsey's endorsed local provider. I think you'll agree, insurance is confusing, but at the same time, it's very important to your financial security. We believe insurance should be secured through a professional. Why? Because one wrong click in the do-it-yourself plan could cost you everything. Our approach stands out because we ask the right questions, listen to your personal situation, and share our knowledge to close potential coverage gaps. This is an experience a do-it-yourself plan can't provide. Did you know there could be a coverage gap when you drive someone else's car? So call us today, 440-237-8555, or check us out at selectinsservice.com. 440-237-8555, or selectinsservice.com. Hi, this is Nick Phillips, host of The Advocate. Pat Lamb and Select Insurance have been my insurance agents for years. Wonderful to work with and never a hassle. Call Pat Lamb at Select insurance for your insurance needs. You've earned the opportunity to enjoy a leisurely lunch as you sail down a European river enjoying spectacular views and the finest cuisine Portugal has to offer. Even better, you'll move on to Spain and experience the rich heritage of this country. Explore the early influences of ancient Rome. And since this is a culinary tour, see if their food can surpass the bar that the Portuguese have set for you. And yet, your adventure has not ended as you will travel to the land of poets, the Emerald Isle. You will see why Johnny Cash sang about Ireland's 40 shades of green. More than a tour, an experience worthy of any bucket list. Check out your itinerary on Facebook, Culinary Tour with Jerry Quinn, or go to ChristianExpedition.com. A five-star experience at a three-star price. More than just a dentist, Dr. Carl Hedgie provides dental treatments for occlusions, TMJ problems, and for aesthetic rehabilitation. In dental practice for over 30 years, Dr. Hedgie has provided state-of-the-art dental treatment for all of his patients. Dr. Carl Hedgie is skilled at treating and resolving complicated dental problems. Located across from the North Royalton High School, call Dr. Hedgie's office for an appointment or visit his website at drhedgie.com. That's Dr. Carl Hedgie, H-E-G-Y-I at 440-237-3338 for the very best in dental care. You didn't plan it this way. You spent your entire life being careful, protecting your body and staying healthy when the carelessness of another changes your life forever. You need to know what's expected of you to prove your claim. You further have been changed forever. Know it's up to you to make your case. The lawyers at Phillips and Millie together have over 80 years of experience. If you have a case or think you may, call the law firm of Phillips and Millie at 440-243-2800. W-H-K, Color Channel 14, Cleveland Radio, where your hearing swings, where your hearing swings.
Welcome back, Cleveland. Nick Phillips with you with another segment of The Advocate. I love listening to that old jingle. It uh, reminds me of WHK being uh, one of the oldest stations in Ohio on the AM dial. And uh, we're still talking to Representative Dave Greenspan, bringing us up to date on what's going on in uh, the Ohio State Legislature. Dave, thank you for joining us again, as always. Oh, thank you. What else thank is you. cooking? Yeah, let's uh, well, talk about the license we, plates. Yeah, we've had, as you know, we've been talking about for a year now, uh, sports betting in Ohio. Right. How's that coming? It, well, we had this past week, we had sponsor testimony on the bill. Representative Bridget Kelly and I, uh, she's a... She's a, a uh, state representative out of the Cincinnati area. She and I are joint sponsoring the bill. Um, we had our first hearing, and um, it was just sponsor testimony, and we kind of explained the parameters of the bill and what it does. And, and uh, I believe this week we're going to have an opportunity to to uh, substitute the bill with, with um, substitute bill number 10. So uh, the House bill is 194, but we're about to have um, – We've been working very diligently with um, with um, interested parties. Everybody from from the casinos, the racinos, the leagues, and and uh, other other groups. You know, I say leagues, professional, and, and uh, various universities to get their feedback on what we can do to to make this bill, you know, as strong and as solid as we can. You know, the the House version of the bill. There are two versions. There's the Senate version, and the House version. The House and they're, they're different in 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 a, a few primary areas, but but alike in probably eighty percent of what we're trying to do. The House version of the bill um, puts the the rulemaking and and operations of the of sports betting under the Lottery Commission. Uh, the Senate bill puts it under the Casino Control Commission. The reason we went the Lottery Commission route has to do with a research opinion that we received from the Legislative Service Commission basically outlining and this document's been publicly released that the lottery commission is the only legal constitutional authority to operate uh, gambling in Ohio other than what is outlined in the constitution pursuant to casinos which is slot machines and table games so um, we went down the path the lottery commission as as our, our our rule maker our regulator and our operator uh, there is a role for the casino control commission they have very good investigative um, uh, language that gives them authority that the Lottery Commission doesn't have. So there'll be a partnership between the two as it relates to enforcing the rules that the Lottery Commission puts in place will be um, at a fee-for-service, reimbursed for their costs, for the Lottery Commission to administer the rules as outlined by the, I'm sorry, Casino Control to, to administer the rules as outlined by the Lottery Commission. So we've had we've had our hearing. We're going to do a, a substitute, which we explained this past week what the uh, up, updates were to the bill. And they're they're as as I was talking to my joint sponsor, Representative Kelly, this morning about this. You know, my opinion where we are is we're not fine tuning this right now with a big screwdriver. We're really fine tuning it with a very small, you know, um, small screwdriver and kind of tightening it up. Uh, so that when we send it over to the Senate, which I firmly believe we will do that before a recess here in six weeks uh, for the summer, um, we'll have a bill that, that the Senate will be able to work with as well. And my hope is when they come back in September that they'll move it quickly and we can – I like to say I'd like to think that we can bet on the Browns and the Super Bowl you know, next, next year, but I think just because of the process and what it's going to take once the bill is enacted to get it up, up and running, we might miss that deadline. But we'll definitely be uh, be up and running uh, in 2020 if we're able to move mm-hmm. the bill quickly. Compared to other states and uh, the states that have uh, sports betting now, what would it look like to us here in Ohio? Would it be online, uh, freestanding, like off-track betting things, or would it be in a casino, yeah. or what would we do? Yes, yeah. yeah, So our so so our bill um, has it. The, we we break it up in the in the two you touched on in the brick and mortar environment and and an, an online component. So our bill has both. Uh, in Ohio, you would be able to, to sports wager at a casino or racino or a veterans or fraternal hall that meets certain criteria. Um, with that being said right there, we will have more brick-and-mortar locations throughout the state by far than any other state in the country. Uh, other states are limited to their casinos or racinos as far as brick-and-mortar presence by us putting in the veterans halls 
and uh, and and fraternal organizations, there could be as many as 1,275 or so is the number right now that would qualify. Uh, so you wouldn't have to feel that if you live down in, in Chillicothe or, or Van Wert County or if you were in Marietta and you were hours from a sports gaming casino, uh, a, a casino or a racino, that you'd have to travel far in order to place your bet because the purpose of this bill is to pull it out of the shadows, make it legal, provide consumer protections, put money into gaming and addiction services, which the bill does, and, and the proceeds all fall through to education, which is one of the constitutional requirements with with uh, games of chance, which is what sports betting is, um, is that the proceeds must fall through to education. We do have an online component, a mobile and online component. It seems to be the prevailing term that people use, although we don't refer to it as mobile and online. We refer to it more broadly in the sense of the product being sports gaming, being offered through devices, personal devices, and software. And the reason we chose those terminal, those terms versus mobile online is mobile online today has a very specific, unique application. And it could be a cell phone, it could be a tablet, but uh, it's fairly limited when we talk about mobile and online. Right now we're talking about, in my opinion, as a definition of being more just a um, of, of an Internet application where there could be in the future, other devices that could be used, other personal devices that could be used that may not fall into the current definition of, of mobile. And we use definition of software to capture apps uh, for, um, in today's, today's environment, mobile devices or, um, or an online environment through, through a program. So we've, we've purposely chosen words that, that are, are more inclusive. Uh, the expectation with the bill is and is structured in such a way so we don't have to keep re-legislating as new mm. uh, technologies mm. come up. Um, and also we put provisions in there that as new as new sports games are, are come on, you know, become available, the Lottery Commission has at its discretion the ability to create those instead of coming back to the legislature every time a new game is, is, uh, is invented. Well, I assume then betting uh, would be as simple as uh, opening up an app on your smartphone, uh, choosing your your teams or what you're betting on, and then uh, putting a number in there for how much you want to bet, and then clicking an entry button. That that would be about it then. That that that's a very oversimplified approach. Oh, but yeah, naturally. Well, because because obviously we're going to need. We've got some federal wire act issues which are currently which is currently being litigated in New mm-hmm. Hampshire. That we need to be aware of, but you know, put, put that aside. Once that issue was resolved, and right. I believe it will be here very soon, you're going to have to go online and qualify to be legally able to wager in Ohio. You're going to have to be 21. You're going to have to have a you know set up some parameters. You're not on any of the of the exclusion lists, whether it be involuntary or voluntarily uh, excluded from sports ba- gaming and a few other you know criteria, very similar to how West Virginia has been able to set up its online platform. Um, but to, to your point, yes, it would be once you're qualified and you're able to to wager um, and you have your account. Yes, as you explained, is is fundamentally how easy it could be. Well, what what kind of revenue estimates are they looking at? It sounds like an awful lot of work to set it up. Uh, is it worth it? Yeah, the re- the revenue to the state, um, yeah, as you know, we'll, we'll we'll start off low, and I say low about thirty million. Uh, to the state, and then we'll ramp up uh, to about about sixty to one hundred million. Um, and the, and the, mo- the revenue models are all over the board, and, and the reason they're like that is because this industry legally just evolved twelve months ago, when the U.S. Supreme Court made it available that for states to create their own sports betting environment. And so, with that being said, uh, nine new states have come on board. Now, Nevada has obviously had it for a while. Uh, but nine new states have come on board in the last um, 12 months, uh, Indiana being the latest. Um, our surrounding neighbor states, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, Indiana, and Michigan, are all moving forward if, if they haven't already. And so uh, we are not the last in in the country. As I said, there are 10 out of 50. I think we're positioned just right. Being, Let's say we're able to get this done quickly. Uh, we would be, say, the 11th state. Um, Although I don't think we'll be there by the time we get through with our process, but we're early enough in the in in, in the process where we will be able to capitalize on the market that already exists, but at the same time learn from from the the obstacles and, and the trials and tribulations 
that other states have gone through as they've stood up their sports gaming operations. So I like the position we're in. Uh, we're not first, but we're not going to be last either. Well, it's good we're doing our homework and we're not uh, not going to miss the train here. So that's a good thing. Yeah. So, so uh, anyway, well, we thank you so much for helping us tonight, Dave Greenspan, representative of the Ohio legislature, uh, and giving us our Columbus update. Uh, we'll be back next month with Dave. Dave, you'll be back and uh, give us another update, I hope. Oh, will do. Very, very good. We're going to take a short break. We'd like to thank Dave Greenspan. And after our short break, we'll be back with Dr. Lynn Lipskis talking about sleep disorders, so don't go away. You're listening to Nick Phillips here on WHK, The Advocate. Pat Lamb. Select Insurance Services is a family-run business and your personal shopper for auto, home, and business insurance. Plus, I'm Dave Ramsey's endorsed local provider. I think you'll agree, insurance is confusing, but at the same time, it's very important to your financial security. We believe insurance should be secured through a professional. Why? Because one wrong click in the do-it-yourself plan could cost you everything. Our approach stands out because we ask the right questions, listen to your personal situation, and share our knowledge to close potential coverage gaps. This is an experience a do-it-yourself plan can't provide. Did you know there could be a coverage gap when you drive someone else's car? So call us today, 440-237-8555, or check us out at selectinsservice.com. 440-237-8555, or selectinsservice.com. Hi, this is Nick Phillips, host of The Advocate. Pat Lamb and Select Insurance have been my insurance agents for years. Wonderful to work with and never a hassle. Call Pat Lamb at Select Insurance for your insurance needs. You've earned the opportunity to enjoy a leisurely lunch as you sail down a European river enjoying spectacular views and the finest cuisine Portugal has to offer. Even better, you'll move on to Spain and experience the rich heritage of this country. Explore the early influences of ancient Rome. And since this is a culinary tour, see if their food can surpass the bar that the Portuguese have set for you. And yet, your adventure has not ended as you will travel to the land of poets, the Emerald Isle. You will see why Johnny Cash sang about Ireland's 40 shades of green. More than a tour, an experience worthy of any bucket list. Check out your itinerary on Facebook, Culinary Tour with Jerry Quinn, or go to ChristianExpedition.com. A five-star experience at a three-star price. You didn't plan it this way. You spent your entire life being careful, protecting your body and staying healthy when the carelessness of another changes your life forever. You need to know what's expected of you to prove your claim. You further have been changed forever. Know it's up to you to make your case. The lawyers at Phillips and Millie together have over 80 years of experience. If you have a case or think you may, call the law firm of Phillips and Millie at 440-243-2800. More than just a dentist, Dr. Carl Hedgie provides dental treatments for occlusions, TMJ problems, and for aesthetic rehabilitation. In dental practice for over 30 years, Dr. Hedgie has provided state-of-the-art dental treatment for all of his patients. Dr. Carl Hedgie is skilled at treating and resolving complicated dental problems. Located across from the North Royalton High School, call Dr. Hedgie's office for an appointment or visit his website at drhedgie.com. That's Dr. Carl Hedgie, H-E-G-Y-I at 440-237-3338 for the very best in dental care. Welcome back to Nick Phillips with you with another segment of The Advocate. In the next two segments, we're going to be talking about something we do every day. And if we don't do it right, we're going to have problems. What is that? Sleeping. We spend a lot of our day or night sleeping. And uh, to talk to us about the health applications and relationship between good sleep and a healthy body is Dr. Lynn Lipskis. Lynn, thank you so much for joining us. No problem. Hello, Nick. Hello, hello. Where are you calling from tonight? Um, I'm up near Chicago, St. Charles, Illinois. Oh, well, thank you for joining us. Uh, We like Chicago and all the restaurants up there, especially Chicago hot dogs and Italian beef. (laughs) Two of our favorites. 
But uh, but in any event, uh, we're talking about uh, sleep and sleep studies and uh, what happens when it's determined you're not getting a good night's sleep. Before we get into that, tell us a little bit about yourself and your training and, and what uh, why are you interested in sleep? How did that happen? Well, I'm a dentist by trade. Um, I've been practicing for upwards of 30 years. I won't say exactly how many. Um, I actually got into sleep through the avenue of chronic pain. I started off treating chronic pain patients, and once I got rid of their pain, I noticed they were sleeping better. What I finally came to realize was that there's a 50% what we call comorbidity between TMJ, chronic pain problems, and obstructive sleep apnea. So I did a lot of studying on that subject, and I'm um, a board certified by the American Academy of Dental Sleep Medicine, and have kind of taken off on that. So quite frankly, I can't separate the sleep and the chronic pain thing, but let's concentrate on the sleep portion because it really is important for everybody's health. Well, very good. Yeah, Often we don't think of uh, dentists being involved in sleep, but uh, the idea of dealing with the the head and breathing and what what all goes on to make someone sleep or allow someone to sleep is is a big deal. Um, before we get into some of the details with apnea, you mentioned pain, apnea, stress. I would assume is a factor. Are there any other factors that will interrupt people's sleep? Well, there there's kind of a circular. Um, relationship between sleep, depression, anxiety. So some um, psychological problems may disturb sleep, but sleep, if you have disturbed sleep, it will also lead to anxiety, depression, those things. Heart disease, medications, there's a lot of things that can affect our sleep. Even our environment, if you don't sleep in a nice, cool, dark, quiet room, that will disrupt your sleep. So we have to look at all of those components in order to get people sleeping in the most healthy way possible. Now, now, do you get involved in sleep studies with individuals? Well, just to clarify, because I'm a dentist, I cannot diagnose sleep apnea. That is the purview of the medical physicians. So I, I can order sleep studies, but they have to be reviewed and diagnosed by a medical physician. Um, so we don't run sleep studies at our office. We refer them to local sleep labs um, for care. And a big thing right now is they're doing more and more home studies, which is very convenient for people. Um, there are even like third-party companies where you can receive the equipment mailed, you know, and then be interviewed by the physician. So it's all very, very convenient. And obviously it uh, reduces the cost too, rather than going to a sleep lab overnight. I see. Now, what, what is a sleep study and, and what does that include? Well, the uh, top level of a sleep study is called a polysomnogram or PSG. Mm -hmm. That's where you go to a lab. They hook you all up. They're doing um, brainwave studies. They're doing cardiac studies as well as the breathing. Uh, that's usually restricted for people who are very, very ill. Now the home sleep studies or the home sleep tests called HSTs are, they're still measuring the breathing effort, uh, the breathing flow, your heart rate, pulse, um, blood pressure, but there's no encephalogram or there's no brainwave studies. So that's kind of the difference between it. And obviously, the home studies um, are more economical, so we see a lot of insurance companies mm -hmm. requiring a home study before they'll pay for the PSG. Now, now we talk about uh, the term apnea. What What is the definition of apnea? Well, it's from the Greek, a meaning none, and nea meaning breath. Oh. So it means no breath. Um, there's also a condition or a event called a hypopnea, same thing, hypo from the Greek meaning small, nea meaning breath. So what we're looking at and the score that you get on a sleep study would be your AHI or your 
apnea hypopnea index. What it does is it tells you how many times per hour you are either sleeping, um, stopping breathing, excuse me, or the breathing is not deep or um, efficient enough to have a good exchange of oxygen. And that index is uh, below five is considered normal, five to 15 is mild, 15 to 30 is moderate, and above 30 is severe. Now on children, it's absolutely different. If they see one hypopnic or apneic event, the child is considered to have apnea. How, how is the And hy- then there's two kinds. Uh-huh. Go ahead. I'm, I, I'm just curious at this point. Um, when they measure a, a hypopnic event, what are they measuring? A stopping of breathing or a decrease in oxygenation in the blood? or What, what are they doing? It's, it, yeah, it's generally a decrease in oxygenation, so the breathing effort is still there, and there's still air passing through the um, airway. It's just that the oxygenation drops below 90%. So, you know, these are all numbers that we get um, the score, and somebody will say, well, you know, I'm a, um, my my score is normal, yet their oxygenation will drop. The other thing that we have to be aware of is there's two kinds of apnea. One is called obstructive apnea, and as the name indicates, it means something gets in the way. The tongue falls back the nose isn't working properly, or the airway itself is collapsing. The other one is a central apnea, and basically that's almost like your brain just forgets to breathe. Um, With a central apnea, you don't have any choice. You have to be put on a ventilator or a CPAP machine. And, but with obstructive apneas, we have other ways of treating it. When you use the the numbers, the numeric ratings, like five, then five to 15, are we measuring when we have how many times that we have drops in oxygen uh, over what a period of an hour or an entire night sleep? It's it's per hour, and it's a decrease of four percent in your oxygenation or below ninety percent, and the breath has to stop for ten seconds or more. And the reason for that is there's little hiccups in the system where you might be rolling over and it may not pick up a, an effort or mm-hmm. something like that. So they've, they've kind of paired it back so that it has to meet those standards. Now, let, let's say somebody is experiencing uh, greater than 30 of these events per hour over the course of a night. Uh, are, what kind of danger are they in, if any? Well, if if you think of it, so an AHI of 30 means that every other minute you're stopping breathing or having trouble exchanging oxygen. So if you just think about that, you know, try holding your breath for at least 10 seconds every two minutes. It's really going to start affecting your metabolism. And research has shown the effects can range from heart disease, high blood pressure, diabetes, and now they're even linking it to cancer. So it's definitely a huge issue. And these are the people that they don't even know that it's happening because they're asleep and they never fully wake. They just wake up in the morning and they're exhausted. They fall asleep. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. if you stop at a stoplight too long, they'll fall asleep. Or it can be manifest even as just fatigue. So... Um, we need we need to make people aware of it, educate the public, educate practitioners that it is a serious health problem in the U.S. Mm-hmm. We're, we're um, talking. They're estimating. Well, let me interrupt for a moment. We're, we're talk, are, hold on a second because we're out of time. We're going to take a break. We'll come back. We're talking to Dr. Uh, okay. Lynn Lipskis. She's a dentist, but she focuses on sleep disruption, sleep disorders. So we're going to take a short break. We'll be back with Dr. Lipskis shortly. Don't go away. You're listening to Nick Phillips here on WHK, The Advocate. We'll be right back. No 
More than just a dentist, Dr. Carl Hedgie provides dental treatments for occlusions, TMJ problems, and for aesthetic rehabilitation. In dental practice for over 30 years, Dr. Hedgie has provided state-of-the-art dental treatment for all of his patients. Dr. Carl Hedgie is skilled at treating and resolving complicated dental problems. Located across from the North Royalton High School, call Dr. Hedgie's office for an appointment or visit his website at drhedgie.com. That's Dr. Carl Hedgie, H-E-G-Y-I at 440-237-3338 for the very best in dental care. On the battlefield, there's a saying America's military men and women live by. Never leave a fallen warrior behind, ever. Off the battlefield, Wounded Warrior Project operates with the same goal. Wounded Warrior Project was created to help our men and women returning home with the scars of war, whether those scars are physical or mental. Wounded Warrior Project. We never leave a fallen warrior behind, ever. Learn more about what we do at WoundedWarriorProject.org. Hi, I'm Pat Lamb. Select Insurance Services is a family-run business and your personal shopper for auto, home, and business insurance. Plus, I'm Dave Ramsey's endorsed local provider. I think you'll agree, insurance is confusing, but at the same time, it's very important to your financial security. We believe insurance should be secured through a professional. Why? Because one wrong click in the do-it-yourself plan could cost you everything. Our approach stands out because we ask the right questions, listen to your personal situation, and share our knowledge to close potential coverage gaps. This is an experience a do-it-yourself plan can't provide. Did you know there could be a coverage gap when you drive someone else's car? So call us today, 440-237-8555, or check us out at selectinsservice.com. 440-237-8555, or selectinsservice.com. Hi, this is Nick Phillips, host of The Advocate. Pat Lamb and Select Insurance have been my insurance agents for years. Wonderful to work with and never a hassle. Call Pat Lamb at Select Insurance for your insurance needs. Welcome back, Cleveland Nick Phillips, with you with our final segment of the Advocate for tonight. And as always, thank you for joining us tonight. Now we're talking to Dr. Lynn Lipskis, who is a dentist focusing on sleep disorders. And uh, we'd like to, uh, again, welcome her to the show. And thank you for joining us, Lynn. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Nick. My, it's a pleasure. My, and my pleasure, too. You know, we're talking about uh, sleep apnea, sleep disorders, and I'm just mentally picturing adults, but what about children? Do you do any work with children in this uh, subject area? Um, well, quite frankly, children have become our crusade. Um, the incidence of sleep apnea in adults is about 20 million nationwide, um, but they're estimating 8 to 10 million children as well. And the issue that really strikes my heart and basically makes me almost tear up is in a study by Stanford University, Dr. Christian Gimeno, what they found was that sleep interruption, whether through sleep apnea, um, and generally it is sleep apnea, resulted in almost a 10 to 15 point drop in IQ as measured. So if you think about that, what we're doing is we're depriving the child of a future. We're depriving them of learning ability and the ability to thrive and to me that just tears at my heartstrings so we really have kind of taken up a crusade to spread the word about that and in our practice to treat that specifically when you look at children who are having sleep disorders um, are, are there the same causes or are there different causes for children well um, it's similar causes for children. Um, anybody that's had a, a little one understands, you know, when they're very, very young, they tend to be more susceptible to ear infections, you know, head colds and such. And if, especially in, ch in children under the age of, say, 12, what happens is their tonsils in the back of their throat will swell up, and that actually is the cause of the apnea. So, one of the solutions is um, a tonsillectomy and or adenoidectomy, which we find helps, but once again, the research has shown in 30% of those kids, especially the adenoidal tissue, and depending on what type of tonsillectomy they do, the tissue will actually grow back and reoccur. So we have to be very um, cognizant of that. 
the symptoms in children are very, very different. It's often uh, misdiagnosed as ADHD or pseudo ADHD. Because if you remember your kids when they were little, what do they do when they get cranky and tired? They ramp up, they become hyperactive. They are not the pleasantest um, little people to be around. Mm -hmm. uh, attention spans drop. So all of these things then are creating this huge problem for kids in school. You know, they're disruptive, they have trouble learning. And I, I mentioned that learning deficit. The issue is if it's not solved by age eight, that's when the deficit becomes permanent. So that's terrifying to me. Well, that, that is it's so sad. Uh, with regard to the incidence of having tonsils and adenoids removed, uh, has that been sort of at a steady rate over the years? It seems like it's been dropping off just from not hearing about it often. Is that something that's being missed? Well, I think uh, tonsillectomy and adenoidectomies, they, you know, they, it seems like everything in medicine kind of swings on a pendulum. I know when I was a child, everybody was having their taken yeah, out. Same here. I still have, have mine. I still have mine because I was too sick. They wouldn't take them out while they were infected. I was so sick all the time that they never were able to get to them. So, um, but then the pendulum swung the other way, and they were limiting them. And I think um, insurance companies have gotten in and put their little opinion in there, and we won't discuss that too much. But. Uh, limiting the number that are done. I know now when we speak to ENTs, we have an uphill battle trying to convince them of the necessity that the tonsils come out. You, you mentioned that so, there's... But, oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I was just going to ask. You mentioned earlier that there are, are two uh, basic causes for apnea, obstructive and central. Uh, I'm assuming that the tonsils and adenoids are, is an obstructive type of a cause for apnea. But uh, with regard to central apnea, which is something more related to the brain, perhaps, uh, do we have that showing up often in children, or are they fairly free from that? No, it, um, central apneas are more uh, often found in adults. It's actually quite rare, and obviously a, a neurologist, a medical physician, is going to have to be the one to direct someone's care, make sure they're being monitored on their um, ventilator and, you know, making sure that they stay healthy. Um, the reason that as a dentist I'm uh, integrating myself into this is when we can treat with oral appliances or with children, what we do is a lot of expansion and almost facial orthopedics to open up their airways. Even tongue ties um, are becoming more and more the apparent as a cause or a contributing factor. What what is wait, what is a, what is a tongue tie? Okay, a tongue tie hmm. is um, the tissue underneath your tongue uh -huh. is too taut. It does not allow proper tongue movement, and it can actually keep the tongue in a down and back position because you can't raise it to the roof of your mouth where it's supposed to live, and that can contribute to the apnea. It contributes to speech problems in children. Uh, we, for about the past 18 months, have really been actively monitoring our patients for tongue tie and are finding incredible results once those are uh, released, both in children and, and in adults. Another uh, symptom of tongue tie in children is with infants. That's why we see children that are two, three days old, if the mom is having trouble with her breastfeeding or something, very often it's a tongue tie issue. And so we have to take care of that right away for them. What, what is the CPAP machine? And are, is that still one of the primary uh, aids to help in apnea? That's a great question, Nick. Um, yeah, it's considered the gold standard. Um, still many physicians consider it the gold standard especially in severe apnex, those with a score of 30 or higher, they really should try a CPAP. CPAP stands for Continuous Positive Air Pressure. It's kind of like saying Kleenex, though. There are different types. 
So the CPAP is actually continuous. It's just blowing air into you, trying to inflate you like a balloon. There's also something called a BiPAP, which has a, it'll blow air and then stop so that you can exhale, so that you're not trying to exhale against this air being driven into you. And then there's an AutoPAP, which is kind of the Cadillac, which will actually monitor the pressure that you and your breathing rate, and it will adapt to your breathing rate. And obviously that's the most comfortable, effective tool, um, but most, most people are started on a CPAP to see if they can tolerate it and then changed off to either a BiPAP or an AutoPAP. Are, are there CPAPs for children, or do they, it seems most of them are gonna have obstructive things that can be surgically corrected. Uh, but with regard to CPAPs well, for those who don't, uh, is, are the children's versions available? Yes, there are children's versions available. The problem is um, a mask has to be worn for the CPAP, and in a child whose face is trying to develop, if you strap this mask on really, really tightly, it actually prevents their face from developing fully, and therefore it compromises their airway even more. So you take a child who might have a very slight problem, and because you're restricting their growth, you actually can make them very, very... Um, apneic as an adult. So that's why we try very hard to intercept as early as we can and get that facial growth going so that everything's opened up the way it's supposed to. And, you know, in essence, we can kind of cure um, apnea in children if we see them early enough and um, are given the chance to treat them. I see, I see. Talking to Dr. Lynn Lipskis and uh, She's telling us about actually children, among other things, with uh, apnea. So, uh, Dr. Uh, Lipskis, thank you so much for uh, talking to us tonight about children. And what really was scary was the uh, IQ drop if, if they don't get that taken care of. So, uh, everyone be aware of sleep problems with children as well as adults. Dr. Lipskis, thank you for joining us. Thank you very much for the opportunity, Nick. Take care. My pleasure. Take care. And thank you for listening. We'll be back next week, same time, same station. So between now and then, have a great week. Good night. And I sat and watched the Zanzibar sunset, sat and drank my fresh mint tea, with nothing to do until morning. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.